Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Hello. Welcome, welcome to Telling Everybody Everything. May something, May something in the middle of May. I'm working on the volume of this thing. There are a lot of people who say to me, Catherine, you don't speak that loud and then the ads are really loud and I do my podcast all by myself. I know this is not an excuse, but number one, I don't believe in speaking loudly. And I try to turn up the volume, but at the end of the day, even when I watch TV, I think ads are loud. They're extra loud. They put like a stank on it, I guess. And you know what ads grab my attention, actually? It's the silent ones. Have you ever listened to television or whatever? You're in the kitchen and you're not really looking. And then there's an advert that has no sound. You go, hmm? And you look over and it'll be, you know, for a soundless hairdryer or something. But the no sound really stands out. So I don't know. Maybe that's how I should. Well, you can't do that on a podcast. Forget it. I have noticed in my personal life that I've developed a real fondness for men and it's not on brand for me. People get in touch all the time to say, Catherine, why are you so hard on innocent men? You hate men. I clearly don't hate men, but whatever values you wish to hoist upon me to fit your agenda, that's fine. You know, as Eminem once said, I am whatever you say I am. If I wasn't, then why would I say I am? But um, no, I, oh, my husband kicked it off because he's the first man I've ever known to be an actual messiah, like an angel on earth. So smart, so kind, so gentle. I was scared of men for a really long time. And that is due to some of my own traumas and personal experiences. You know, you know how neurological pathways are formed. And I had to undo those, even though, you know, sometimes I keep them in the back of my mind in a dark alley and shit, you know, it's important not to forget. But a lot of that has mercifully been undone. I will talk more about that in detail in my new book, The Audacity, which I'm not trying to plug. If I was, I would just be super quiet for a few minutes and then be like, The Audacity, available for pre-order now. I've been signing copies. I'm away from home right now. I'm filming something else and it is hilarious because we're trying to make it look warm and beautiful and summery and the weather where I am is just utterly uncooperative. It is a monsoon most days and God bless the producers and the crew. They're working around the clock, just watching the sky to be a meteorologist around the coast, the coasts, uh, collective of the UK 
must be the easiest job going. Kids, if you're listening and you want to be a TikTok star, but you need a backup plan because you don't know if it's going to pan out, let me tell meteorology. Because all you have to do in England is be like, what's up, bitches? Might rain today. Maybe not. Don't know. Good luck. But there's a new generation of young men on this show that I am unfamiliar with because I'm 37 years old and a lot of them are sort of mean age, 22 years old. And they're adorable. I mean, God bless their parents, whomever is responsible for the way that these boys have grown up. I love them. I watch them. I think that they are layered and intelligent and fascinating and they care so much about their interpersonal relationships, friendships. I'm getting to know a bunch of them. And it feel I feel like David Attenborough just watching a bunch of young men interact. And it's it's been good for my soul. I don't know what, what's happened to TV's Catherine Ryan. Really turned it around. My position on men is a very positive one. I look to the future in peace and hopefulness. And I don't know, I might be have some male DNA right now, I don't even know, but that could be the only explanation. I am really softening my approach. And last week, I talked a little bit about what it's like to be wrong. I'm happy to be corrected, to change my position. Imagine if you were the same person today that you were when you were 15, that you were when you were 25. It's just not possible. And this is always pointed out to me, like, why don't you look the way you did when I first saw you on Mock the Week in 2012? It's because you've had a nose job. I mean, literally 10 years older, number one, but my attitudes are always evolving and shaping, etc. We change. And this week, the big celeb furor over on Twitter has been Chrissy Teigen and her old tweets. Chrissy Teigen, if you don't know, is a model and entrepreneur. She has a cookware range, cookbooks. She's very active on social media, both on Instagram and Twitter, where she has specifically become a target of uh, mostly the right wing media or like very far right people because of her allegiance to Joe Biden and the left wing and all of these things. She's a prolific tweeter, and she will sometimes just release a stream of consciousness. Jokes. She's very funny. Great clapbacks, responding to trolls, but also just a general umbrella of zeitgeisty thoughts. Sometimes she tweets about nothing. My son did this today. Other times she tweets about food. What do you think of this? Oh, and if I can just deviate from the Chrissy Teigen controversy for a minute... She introduced me on Instagram to this Mexican restaurant in LA called Tacos y Birria La Unica. And if anyone has ever been there, it's on Olympic Boulevard in Los Angeles. You have to follow this account and they look like the best tacos ever. This is absolute food porn. If you look at it, it's the most delicious homemade corn tacos. And they do this dip that's like a quesa tacos in a consomme. If anyone in the UK knows how to recreate these recipes, you know, not to steal it from the family owned business, but holy, this, why Mexican food is not more ubiquitous in the UK will never make sense to me. Get on this Instagram and it will change your life. Tacos y birria la única. Good luck. And if you know how to make it, hit me up. Let me know. My dream in life is to eat these. 
Anyway, thanks Chrissy Teigen for that. But she gets a lot of criticism. Anyone who's outspoken will obviously have a backlash. I think especially when you're a woman, I think especially when you are a woman of mixed ethnicity living in America, how dare she? And she does go pretty far sometimes, but I don't find any of her tweets now to be mean-spirited. Chrissy Teigen's detractors have attached her in the past to Pizzagate. You remember Pizzagate. It was that whole conspiracy theory that the left-wing liberal elites, whomever, rich people, were operating a deeply entrenched pedophile ring worldwide out of a specific pizza restaurant in the United States somewhere in some town. I mean, okay, of course terrible things are happening involving children and it would be great to get to the bottom of it, but you lost me at pizza restaurant. I really... I never understood the link between the pizza restaurant. I also don't understand a link between Chrissy Teigen and her husband, John Legend. I think that's got a lot to do with her outspokenness about left-wing policies and her anti-Trump diatribe for a bunch of years. She just sort of accumulated enemies on social media. She tweets about her children, shows photos sometimes, and is just very vulnerable and shares about her family. She was tweeting for a while about toddlers and tiaras and some of these shows that would depict children in dance costumes or, you know, just saying, oh, I wish I could do the splits like that. Or there are some things that she has tweeted in the past that could be misconstrued by someone who willfully misinterpreted them. You know, someone with an agenda. What's happened in the last week is Courtney Stodden. This is a young woman who shot to fame over a decade ago in America when she was a 16-year-old actress and singer who married a 50-year-old acting coach called Doug Hutchinson, and he had a, a part as a guard in the Green Mile. I don't know what else he's been in. This always seemed dodgy to me, but back to Courtney Stodden in a minute. Chrissy Teigen used to tweet her a lot of abuse. Courtney came out saying, you know, she's never apologized to me. She used to bully me. Here are the tweets that she used to send me. And they were horrific. It was like, mmm, dirt nap. Courtney, I hate you. Basically encouraging a teenage bride to kill herself. No one can really argue that these are not disgusting tweets made by Chrissy Teigen. Even Chrissy has taken accountability and said, yes, I wrote these tweets. Since then, other tweets aimed at Lindsay Lohan have been uncovered. Um, Farah Abraham, who's the teen mom. I'm obsessed with teen mom on MTV, but in the UK, you might not know it. Basically, there is a collective group of young women in America who felt targeted by Chrissy Teigen online around 2011, 2010. And that's bad. It's really bad. I like Chrissy Teigen. I'm not defending those tweets. But I cannot believe that we are unable to regard these situations with an ounce of context. When you are someone who reacts to culture, reflects culture, exists in the moment, and releases a stream of consciousness on social media, nothing that you say in 2010 will make sense or be appropriate necessarily in 2021. The whole world was bullying Courtney Stodden. The style of reporting, of magazines, of comedy was certainly more mean-spirited back then because we didn't know 
than what we know now about the impact and mental health. And I specifically know about Courtney Stoner because I was one of very few people who fucking loved her. And I knew it was dodgy that her mother signed over the rights for her to marry her fucking acting coach who was 50 years old. And everyone's acting like they didn't bully her as well. I'm not saying Chrissy Teigen was right in this instance. She was not. And she was right to apologize, which she has. It doesn't erase the harm that was done to Courtney Stoner, but the entire world participated in that. I would go as far to say Courtney Stodden is a niche subject of my own interest, and I've been waiting over a decade to talk about her. If you recognize the name in the UK, it might be because she was on one of the more recent series of Celebrity Big Brother, I think season 15 or 17. And even then, she was still with that Doug Hutchinson husband of hers. They are now divorced, and now she claims that she was groomed and it was a really unhealthy situation for her. Yeah, but obviously you can't expect a teenager to know that. But during the Big Brother times, I saw him in the audience waving a banner for her and I thought, how is this still going on? It's because if you start dating a teenager and her parents are okay with it and then it all turns out okay, you're magically absolved from being kind of a predator, Celine Dion's husband. Anyway, I'm here today is very timely to give you a rundown of the story of Courtney Stodden's life. And by the way, I have just realized that they have recently identified as non-binary. So I've been using old pronouns for the teenage version of Courtney that I remember. But since I've been fact-checking my stuff and looking up on them today, they are they. So I shouldn't have said she, they are non-binary. So Courtney Stodden was born in 1994 because people who are adults now, were actually born in 1994. It's wild. I know. They are 26 now. But when they first came into public consciousness, it was because Courtney was living in Washington, their home state, with their mom and taking acting classes online. Well, the acting coach was Green Mile's Doug Hutchinson. And they had a relationship online where they would chat. He claims that he had no idea how old Courtney was that he didn't know they were a minor and that they were just chatting and chatting. And after a few months, they fell in love. He asked permission from Courtney's parents or mother and said, you know, if this is not appropriate, I will back off. But they have a strong Christian background in that family. And Courtney's mother said, no, go ahead. It's your decision. Courtney chose to marry him at the time. I mean, I say chose. 16 is the age of consent in the UK, but I have my own feelings. I don't think it's old enough to make such a decision. So fine. And then the media exploded. And Courtney was at the time a very, how shall we put it, hypersexualized teenager. I mean, big boobs in dresses and blonde hair and licking their lips and loads of makeup. I mean, they were ridiculed, called like lizard child bride and all these things. And I remember probably participating in that. Actually, I'll tell you what I did that was totally not woke now is I was constantly asking, like, I think this husband is gay and you can't do that. You can't out people for their sexuality, whatever. But I just thought it was a very weird um, fame hungry situation, sort of like a lot of the sex tapes from Paris Hilton and Kim Kardashian that were coming out at that time, I thought, oh, this is another maybe manipulation of the press where this 16-year-old actor and singer wants 
to be in the spotlight. So they marry an older gay man and that's his beard. I mean, I probably made some comments like that back in the day, but always I was like, this is a teen and it's a teen who's quite clearly not well. But when we fail to take someone's mental health into consideration and we fail to look at context and the media sexualizes children as though they are adults. I mean, Courtney seemed at the time to be very consenting and very powerful and very outspoken. Then if you take yourself back to 2011, 2012, whenever it was at its peak, people just think, oh, they can take it, you know, that's fine. And it was the style to rip celebrities apart. Magazines were not sensitive. I mean, they're still not that sensitive, but it was it was just a different time. And a lot of people were guilty of ganging up on a young person whom we now see was groomed. And of course, the media attention that came from all the controversy led to Courtney appearing in a TV show called Couples Therapy in 2012. They did a lot of reality TV, Celebrity Big Brother, of course, Reality Ex-Wives, The Mother-Daughter Experiment, Celebs Go Dating. And now we have hindsight, and I think it's important for their healing to address a lot of what went on. I mean... This person was so famous in America, I can't even tell you. It was like an explosion, like a spidey moment. They were on the cover of so many magazines talking about this marriage. It was big, big, big stuff. And now they advocate for animal rights and all kinds of things. And it looks like they're doing well, but man alive. It was a tricky time to be famous, especially when you're at the center of a controversy like that. And I'll tell you who wasn't that famous. It was Chrissy Teigen. She was not yet John Legend's wife. She was modeling and doing music videos and things like that. And she has admitted, I was an attention-seeking troll and I'm really sorry. So where do we go from here? I mean, Chrissy Teigen, does she deserve to have all her brand partnerships canceled and all of her products and TV shows taken away? I think that she puts a lot of good into the world. Do we remember less than a year ago, she suffered that terrible pregnancy loss with her third child, Jack, posted photos of his birth and delivery online and talked openly about how sad she was. That gave a lot of families an outlet for that type of grief. I think she speaks truth to power online now and people attacked her for that, by the way. A lot of people were like, oh, thanks a lot for being you know, so open about your terrible experience with miscarriage. Equally, loads of people in the U.S. especially were like, ha ha, this is because you are linked to Pizzagate and also you deserve it and you're disgusting for posting so much and being so willing to share. I mean, we're not that much better as a society online, but some people have grown and are better. And I do think Chrissy Teigen is one of those people. We can learn from our mistakes. I mean, at what point are we going to stop digging up who someone was? She was 25 and not famous being an asshole online. Like, have you never been an asshole online? Really? Really? Because I get your messages. I get a lot of your messages. Maybe not your messages, but Anyway, that's what's going on with any Chrissy Teigen, Courtney Stodden shit that you might have seen online this week. Now you're up to date on everything. If you would like any more information about Courtney Stodden, please reach out because I have found her to be iconic for the last decade of my life.
Let's get her back to the UK for another show. As long as she's doing well, we'll get some aftercare in there. We need to talk about 16 year olds marrying 50 year old acting coaches. And you know what? Maybe another special takeaway that we can learn from this looking towards a positive future is that when a potentially vulnerable celebrity says they're okay, or when anyone in your life says they're okay, maybe they're not okay. Because she seemed very much in love. No, anyone who doesn't believe in this union is a hater. But there was something always in her eyes that was like, hang on, guys. Is this a teenager in a marriage she shouldn't be in, you know? And so the next time this crops up, and it will, or something equally contentious in the media, I think we know better now to ask those questions and to think about having a duty of care. I am personally as famous as I have ever been. I'm in Devon. If you want to be famous, come to Devon because all I have to do is eat and I'm in the news media. I ordered fish and chips from this amazing place called Mariners in Painton. That was in the newspapers. Catherine Ryan orders fish and chips. They reprinted some of my Instagram content of the fish and chips. I mean, that's all you have to do. Come down to Devon, have fish and chips, boom. It's front page news. Then I went to BrewDog with my beautiful husband and we had some chicken wings. This like beautiful buffalo chicken sandwich. It was delicious. That's in the newspapers there as well. Exeter, special alert. Catherine Ryan eats chicken wings. So, I mean, if you want a taste of this famous, famous life, just eat something in Devon and you will experience it. Okay, speaking of food, you know I love pop chips. You know I love my BFF, Ramesh Ranganathan. I'm bringing you a special segment now. Ramesh is coming on the podcast. Watch out. You know I like to keep it light, positive, chipper. I'm not actually Canadian. This is actually just the accent you develop over time when you're 100% optimistic. I even keep my snacking popping with positivity by enjoying Pop Chips, who are bringing you this special segment. So special that I've invited my favorite friend and yours, fellow comedian Ramesh Ranganathan on the show to talk about how we each start something good and inject a pop of positivity into our lives. While I wear my optimism on the outside, Ramesh likes to hide his deep, deep on the inside. But knowing him as well as I do, I promise you, it's there. We're just gonna work on bringing it out of him a little. Luckily, he's very snack motivated, and if the delicious barbecue pop chips don't do it for him, the Thai sweet chili definitely will. It is my great pleasure to introduce one of my very best friends and one of the most respected comedians in the world, Ramesh Ranganathan. Ramesh, thank you so much for coming on to Telling Everybody Everything. I know the listeners will be so happy to have you. I'm delighted to, to be on your podcast, Catherine. Um... It's, uh, as you know, podcasting is, it's the future, isn't it? So it's, uh, and, and people are starting, I think it's going to be big. <laughs> but you're one of the, my first friends, one of the first people I respected, certainly, to have a podcast in the UK. And that's when I wasn't on board. I was like, well, we'll see. Well, actually, do you know what? This isn't a, by the way, your, your episode was great when you came. You were one of the first people to agree to come on our podcast. And it was a great episode. But it also did attract one of the most uh, ferocious complaints we've ever had on Hip Hop Save My Life, which was because you were, Jeremy, you were eating something. I don't know if you were having your lunch or you were- Yeah, I probably finishing. was eating. I didn't understand. Yeah, well, no, I didn't think there was anything wrong with that, except th there was one person <laughs> who's particularly opposed to hearing, is it misophonia yes, or something? Yes, that's yeah. it. Yeah, so this person had it 
sufficiently enough to write quite a scathing review <gasps> uh, of, the, of that episode. They liked everything else about it. On a podcast, it was completely inappropriate. So what I'll do now is I'll write you a really positive review because I agree with that negative review. I have to say, I plead in diff- like in ignorance. But there are podcasts where people try food, right? So what happens then? Well, plus that episode would have been pre-ASMR. So some people love to listen. I love ASMR. Me too. I'm going to eat some pop chips. <laughs> I've got the packet in my hands. I love it. Oh, God, I love it. I love it. Well, then you've come to the right place, Ramesh, because we're talking about pop chips today. And we're talking about positivity. And I know, you know, I hate to tell you this to your face. You seem like an unlikely guest for such a subject. What are your general views on positivity? Um, I'm in favor of it. I think it's got its benefits. I've got to be honest with you. uh, When somebody is uh, relentlessly positive, outwardly, Mm. Um, it's more difficult for me to like that person as a first impression thing. Because often a lot of my friends, and I think this is, I don't want to give anything away, this is possibly true about what bonded us, Catherine, is that Mm. I often bond with people over a shared dislike for something rather than a shared joy in something, you know? So, um, but I do know that if you have a positive outlook, you are generally a more contented and, and happy person. So... I'm open to it as a concept. I believe it exists. Uh, It's just not my default setting, you know? Well, you can't just give it away for free. I think that you are inherently positive on the inside where it counts. And I don't even respect, you know, dogs who run up to absolutely anyone and lick their face. I just think... Let's hold something back. Uh, do you know what? I, I couldn't agree with you. Like, you know this thing where people go, oh, my dog loves me. You go, yeah, your dog yeah. also loves strangers. Like, mm. th- like, does this not take the gloss off it at all for you that, that this <laughs> dog is... And you know when people describe everyone as wonderful, that you're basically describing nobody as wonderful then, you know? So, yeah. you know, that, so I, I'm not saying... It's not bad, I, I t- but I think this thing of earned positivity is, is, is the thing, I think, you know? Well, I'm going to help you earn that positivity because I think sometimes a really good exercise is to apply the self-care that you're looking for in your own life to someone else. Mm. So I have popped over to your podcast, Hip Hop Saved My Life, and I've set you some realistic goals, I think, for you to achieve in the coming weeks to make you more positive. I think it would be a good exercise for you to think of some goals for me. Sure. Well, uh, I would love to do that for you. You you are... Uh, I, th- I would describe you as quite a positive person, um, but I, d- I, I want to set you some goals that I think will make you feel, I think will make you feel better. The first one, I would like you to send a different person uh, a positive DM uh, or message or whatever means of contact you want to make uh, that you think will, will cheer them up. Something nice to somebody. And, and the reason I'm setting you that is because, you know, I'm not, that is not me accusing you of not doing that. But I just mm. think when you do that, you're, you're cheering someone up. And often you get something quite nice back. Right. And I think it'd be nice to get into the habit of doing that every morning. So that's and what. It will mean a lot to people because I'm on television. Yeah, exactly. More so than sort of people like even I would say more so than people that are closer to them, <laughs> but aren't on television. Because I'm only going to make true statements. Absolutely. And I think that sometimes I forget that my friends do need a little positivity because 
my closest friends, like, you know, some examples of people whose texts I would never want hacked. My texts with you, my texts with Jeff Norcott. Um, I have a few close friends that I'm just an absolute monster with. Yeah, yeah. A monster. And you might be, you might be receiving one of those texts, Ramesh, because I feel very positively about you as well. It'd be good for our exchanges to have some positive vibes to them, do you know what I mean? Okay, what else? And also, and also the other thing, I don't know if you're like this, but I know that with my, the people that I, I like the most, I very rarely say nice things to them because I just assume that's inherent in our situation, that I, I love you and think you're great, so I don't have to keep telling you that. You know? Exactly. And so, yeah. And, that's and... why you're getting a response at all. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, my second one is for you to, once a week, I would like you to write a list of positive things and great things that have happened to you, either that week or that you remember from the past, like things to be grateful for, that kind of thing, to get you in that kind of, uh, mm. that kind of mindset of, uh, you know, of positive uh, reflection. I love that challenge, Ramesh, because I do believe that gratitude attracts more wonderful things into your life. I've always operated from a position of gratitude. And sometimes I lose sight of that. Sometimes when I'm really annoyed about a particular person on a project or something, I feel off kilter and I say, do you know what's missing? My gratitude. Mm. Do you actually so, say that out loud? Or <laughs> no, I would never say something like that out loud, but I look forward to writing it out loud. You know, that's yeah. another thing I don't do. I don't make vision boards or write these things in a journal, but I think writing down the things I'm grateful for will make me more positive. Um, okay, so, and then my, uh, my final uh, challenge for you, Catherine, is um, actually, uh, it's actually a mirrored one of one that you set for me, mm. which is uh, for you to take time to savor your food. Uh, whether that is like you're having a full meal uh, or a little snack, say for example, some pop chips, um, and also, you know, when you when you're having a meal, mm. and people say we ate we ate, we were at a re we were at the restaurant for, for hours. Yeah, I, ca I can't um, I can't relate to that. So <laughs> I <laughs> I know I really can't relate to that. Thank you for that, Ramesh, and thank you for no, coming you. on telling everybody everything. I think that you know, obviously, this segment is brought to the listeners by Pop Chips, but you are my very good friend in real life, and I think yes. that um. I just feel very happy to be able to do this with you. <laughs> uh, so, Catherine, you're, I'm going to come back in and uh, we're going to check in on how we did on these, right? Yes, Ramesh. Always a pleasure to see you. Thanks for stopping by. Thank you, Catherine. Take care. Bye. Bye. Ramesh has been my best snacking buddy for a long time, and I can't wait to share a light and tasty sea salt and vinegar bag with him again soon. He'll hopefully be an even more cheerful and optimistic man by then once he's completed his challenges, and I'm excited to hear how his personal journey went. In the meantime, thank you so much for listening. Keep positive and start something good with Pop Chips. I gotta get down to my challenges now. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. 
add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's best sellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A malibu.com, code GLOW. Hey, hey, time for the emails. This one is in response to last week's podcast where I talked about Caitlyn Jenner's views on women in sport. And it says, hey, Catherine, I love the podcast and you. Thanks. So my boyfriend is against trans women competing in female sports. While I have acknowledged with him that this is a hard debate to solve for people who are cisgendered, you know, maybe that's what she means. It's like not our business. And I mentioned your idea about weight divisions, etc. He still believes trans women should not be allowed to compete in female sport. He also thinks that organizing sport based on physical qualities isn't fair because he seems to think that that would affect its popularity. I've had this chat with him multiple times and explained that ultimately women are always at a disadvantage in sport since we haven't been allowed to bloody play it for so many years and the teaching of it is so biased towards men, which he disagrees with. He disagree. I mean, it's not really up for debate whether female sport has been going as long as men's sport or whether even today it has the same level of funding or interest or coverage. But I digress. He also thinks that when I talk about getting pregnant, having a baby and raising a child that I'm negative because I say how much it affects women and how little many men realize that it affects women physically, emotionally, socially, etc. I think because his sister has made it look easy, he assumes that it is easy and that I should be positive and upbeat about it. Not really a dilemma, but I wondered your thoughts on this. Do you think the patriarchy has put female sport at a disadvantage? And am I negative for pointing out how hard having a child is on a woman? FYI, I also pointed out the struggles men can face too, but let's be honest, it is brutal for women. Okay, I see that your feelings are not really being validated by your boyfriend. And I think that's what hurts the most. You don't have to agree on every issue, but when you are in love with someone who you feel negates your experience as a person, I mean, that hurts. It's a slap in the face. And he's saying, nope. He's basically just denying the need for feminism and saying that everything's equal already. There are lots of people like this who go, you don't need feminism. You have equality. And they misunderstand 
that feminism is equality and they have a made up whole new definition of feminism in their heads that is not the same as what we advocate for. So I think that's where the root of your problem lies. I would just shelve these arguments maybe. You don't say how old you are, but I would just be like, look, when I speak about my experience and women's experiences, I feel like it's tricky for you to tell me how that is. Of course, as an observer and citizen of the world, he has a right to an opinion, but I think it's very obnoxious to tell someone else what their experience is when it's just fodder for you in an argument. Oh, let's have a fun debate about this thing that doesn't affect me whatsoever. And hopefully he'll grow out of that. I can think by your email address, you might be in your 20s, both of you. And so, you know, as long as he knows how to debate in a respectful way, you can disagree. My therapist gave me a really useful tool because I'm friends with loads of people that I disagree with on things all the time. And she said, well, in comedy, isn't there a device where you're talking to the audience and you go, this is true, right? And everyone goes, yeah. And you go, and that's true, right? And they go, yeah. And they're on board with you. And then you go, let me introduce this other opinion that I have that is maybe challenging to you or you have to get your head around. So they get in a pattern of, yeah, yeah. And then you introduce your spin. Um, I hope that makes sense the way I've said it. I, I love that she delivers things to me in like comedy terms and then I do understand. But I think, let's say someone says something outlandish like, oh, I don't fucking know. Orange is not a citrus fruit. You could be like, oh, oh, I see. So I can appreciate how maybe you would classify lemon as a citrus fruit because it's really bitter and tart. And your boyfriend would be like, yeah. You'd go, and maybe you would also be comfortable classifying a lime as a citrus fruit because it's also really bitter and tart. And he's like, yeah. And you're like, and maybe you think an orange is so sweet. You put it in a Skittles family. And he goes, yeah. And then you go, but an orange has citrus properties just like a lemon and lime. And even though it's sweeter, it's still a citrus fruit. You know what I mean? Um, this really sounds like I'm teaching you how to manage your boyfriend and like placate him. But look, I think you're young. I think you're more mature than he is. This technique stops the other person being defensive in any discussion. And if he doesn't start respecting your position as a woman and he pisses you off too much, then just break up with him and get someone new because I don't know what else to tell you. Okay, my daughter has taught me about trigger warnings. So there's a trigger warning here. We're going to talk about abortions. Hi, Catherine. I'm currently 12 weeks pregnant after a lockdown booty call, which clearly went wrong. It's my ex's baby, a man who throughout the course of our relationship slept with other people, hacked my social media accounts, is a grade A gaslighter and a liar. I ended the relationship over a year ago, just before lockdown. I loved him, but I was genuinely depressed. I lost my sense of self and confidence, and I was sick of waking up every morning feeling so insecure and unhappy. I was ready to move on, and I did. I saw a few other people, but thanks to COVID, things have been delayed in the dating world. True. We live in the same city, so it was a convenient hookup, but I never, ever wanted to get back with him. It was just meant to be a casual thing until we could get out and meet other people. Why? Why do we have sex with people that we don't like? Why? Like, don't you have a vibrator? What is happening? Don't worry. This is all water under the bridge. You can't take it back. We've all been there. 
I mean, wait a minute, Catherine. Yeah, I have definitely been there. I slept with someone I hated just because, and he was the person who hurt me as well. But like, it's a catch 22 when they're also the person that you went to for a lot of comfort and it's just a pattern. Yeah, all right. I'm back on your side. Fine. You fucked your ex. Everyone's done this. I found out I was pregnant at six weeks. After a lot of thinking back and forth, I went for a medical abortion, but it turns out I had miscounted and I was more pregnant than I thought. So I'd missed the window. I've now booked back in for a surgical abortion, but it's not for another two weeks, which means it'll be into the second trimester and it's only getting harder every day. All right, so to clarify this for people who are confused about the difference between a medical abortion and a surgical abortion, there's a very early, early embryonic period where you can take a pill and the baby is not considered a fetus yet. You know, it's not even big enough to really see properly for a surgical abortion where they go in with a DNC and you're under anesthetic. It's so, so small that just a pill causes, um, sorry if this is triggering, like the heartbeat to stop and your uterus to contract and then you expel the pregnancy that way. If you have a surgical management, then it's like a little surgery. Okay. I don't want a baby right now. I know that I'm 25. I'm very career oriented and I don't want this man in my life forever. Maybe it's worth mentioning that he wants to keep it, even though he said he would not be prepared to take paternity leave. This is the level we're dealing with. But you inevitably get so attached to this little thing growing inside you. I've got a brilliant support network around me. I'm a homeowner. I earn a good salary and I know that in keeping it, everything would be fine. I'm just so worried that by the time I actually get round to the abortion, I will be 14 and a half weeks pregnant and then I'm not going to be able to do it. I would love to hear your thoughts. This is not up to me. Suffice to say, any pregnancy poses a small, small risk to your life. It is your body. It is no one else's decision but yours. If you ask me, it is 100% up to you. I know that many, many women consider, I think one in three women will have an abortion by the time they're 45 years old. And unfortunately, it would be really unethical for me to give you any advice, put my two cents in because I'm not a trained professional, but there are so many support networks and you shouldn't be going through this alone. You should reach out maybe to bpas.org. That's the British Pregnancy Advisory Service. They have people who are completely in the right position to help you deal with this, to deal with the lead up to your decision and to deal with the aftercare because it's not something that I know you're taking lightly. Um, Be careful. There are some clinics who have an agenda. Either way, you just want to go to a really neutral service. They will give you informed, gentle, and unbiased advice, whatever you choose. This is not related to my advice for you because I can't make your decision. But my own personal experience, all I can say is that I would not want to be tethered to certain men who I think might be dangerous and your liberty has many different definitions. Um, I also have a child with someone that I'm no longer with and she was born when I was 25 and she's the greatest gift to my life. But I mean, 
at that time, I was not considering an abortion, obviously, like she was planned and I wanted to have her. So it's a very, very, very different situation to yours. Um, I believe that you have the right to choose is my advice. But just make that choice with all the right tools available to you. And whatever you choose, whatever you choose, I promise you're a very strong, capable person. It is going to be fine. Lots and lots of responses to the trans women in sport from last week. I'm seeing even more messages about it in my inbox. Loads of people with different views, really open views. No one's being a dick about it, which I love. So here's one. Transgender women in sports, personal experience. Hi, I'm a cisgender woman who used to play roller derby. I played with both cis and trans women. I'm five feet tall and I weigh eight stone, so almost everyone is bigger and stronger than I am. But I was happy to play anyway. It was such a fun sport. I never got hurt by transgender women, but a cis woman did break my ribs and another cis woman gave me a concussion. (laughs) I will always be more than happy to play sport with trans women. As you pointed out, we all come in different shapes and sizes, and in my experience, I never had any issues playing with trans women. I would also have felt awful and discriminatory if after playing the trans women, they then had to go and change separately. Just a few thoughts and feelings from a tiny cis woman who has actually played contact sport with trans women. Babe, why are you playing roller? You, I love like sports people. You just floor me. She's like, well, did get a concussion, get my ribs broken by these other women, but <laughs> you're brave. Thank you so much for your email. Here's another. Catherine, I compete in weightlifting. I train six times a week. While I'm stronger than men my size who lift occasionally, as soon as they put in a bit of effort, they can easily outlift me. Men have many physiological advantages that do not disappear simply by down-regulating testosterone, which is the only requirement for trans women in sport. For example, they have more fast twitch muscle fibers, stronger muscle insertion points, higher bone density, bigger lung capacity, bigger hearts, to name a few. These differences are already present in childhood and are even more significant if someone went through male puberty. Letting them compete in the women's division cannot ever be fair, even in sports with weight classes. Women were not allowed to run marathons until the 70s. Women's weightlifting wasn't in the Olympics until fucking 2000. So understandably, female athletes are not thrilled to share their category with people who didn't cut it in the men's division and are now snagging records as women. Wow, I feel like that's a little bit reductive. That's not what's happening, is it? I believe that everything comes at a price and the price for being trans is that you cannot compete in any sports. If even one woman loses a scholarship, a starting slot, a medal to a trans woman, this is one woman too many. Hmm, surprisingly, there are no trans men showing up in the men's divisions. It's only women who are asked to shut up, be kind, compassionate, and give up their space in order to keep the peace and not upset anyone. So this is a very different viewpoint as well. Thank you for your email. That is a contentious subject that I know will not be going away for some time. I think it's so healthy to have good discussions about it, see how everyone feels. I, like the first man in the email from his partner, am not sporty. I'm not trans. It's very difficult for me. So that's why I like to ask questions. I think it's always a good thing. 
If you've got a hot take, a burning question, or you just want to talk about anything at all, please email me telling everybody everything at gmail.com. I love to read your emails. I'm sorry that I don't get through more of them. I will be back in London next week, continuing the podcast as always. I love this as a way of reaching out. Um, one thing to let you know is that the finale of All That Glitters, the final episode where we will be revealing the winner, is on BBC Two this Tuesday, May, what's the day, 18th on Tuesday at 8 p.m. And soon we'll be looking for more jewelers who want to participate in series two. So watch out for that. You can do it. I know there are jewelers all over the UK just dying to uh, get that extra push, meet some judges and increase their business. I love supporting small business. So thanks for being a part of the conversation. I'll see you next week. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com.